3: Up next, Out Loud with John O. Caldwell, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Growing up in poverty on the south side of Chicago, I didn't have much reason to hope. My mother was addicted to drugs and my neighborhood was filled with violence. But my guest today, one of the wisest and most accomplished men I've ever met, helped lead me to a better life. Yes, when I say a better life, I'm referring to all the fantastic things I've been blessed to do now, including this podcast. He guided me and he inspired me through the power of truth this is out loud with gianno called Welcome back to Out Loud with Gianno Caldwell. Today I have a very special show planned for you, my listeners. My guest is Dr. Bill Winston, who is actually my pastor from back home in Chicago. Dr. Winston is the founder and senior pastor of Living Word Christian Center, a non-denominational Christian church with more than 20,000 members located in Forest Park, Illinois, which is a suburb right outside of Chicago. He's also the senior pastor of Living Word Christian Center Tuskegee, which is in Tuskegee, Alabama. He's the founder of Bill Winston Ministries, a partnership-based global outreach ministry that reaches over 800 million households worldwide through TV and radio programs. Dr. Winston also has 882 national and international churches and ministries under his spiritual covering through Faith Ministry Alliance. If all of that's not enough, Dr. Winston is also an author, an entrepreneur, an educator, and a veteran with so many wonderful programs and initiatives to spread the word of God and help people succeed in life. And all I can say from personal experience is Dr. Winston is truly a wonderful and amazing man who has had a profound influence on my life. Let's go. Well, I'm super, super excited about having you on, Dr. Bill Winston. I've been a part of your ministry since 2005. I remember coming into the church and what that experience was like. And more importantly, I remember when I first saw you on television and how dynamic you were. And I must say that you've made an incredible impression upon my life. You've influenced a lot of my decisions and you've been a mentor to me since 2005 without me even knowing you personally, but of course, I know you personally now. So I want to thank you for joining us today. And I think it's going to be a blessing for all to hear you.
4: It is my privilege, Giano.
3: I thank you. I thank you so much. So for those listening who may not know much about you, let's start with your early life and your personal journey. You were born in Tuskegee, Alabama. What was That's it right. like growing up in Alabama during the age of Crow okay. segregation? Well,
4: um, this is uh, most of our parents were Tuskegee Airmen. And uh, so the legacy of that was very present in the Tuskegee area. And so Tuskegee itself, small town, but but had a big legacy. It had Tuskegee Airmen and uh, also had the fifth largest VA hospital in the the country. And so because of that segregation in that time, you have most of the physicians who are African-American came to do their internship and so forth at the VA hospital in Tuskegee. And also you had the university, which Booker T. Washington founded in 1881, and that had the professors and so forth and so on. So you had these three professions there. So when I look at my life growing up, I went to the school, elementary school, which was a lab school of the university, and we had to visit Carver Museum once a year, we had French in the third grade. We had the, all of us had to. By the fourth grade, we had carpentry and we had all this. We had to have made a lamp and so forth. And so they were grooming us really for leadership. Mm-hmm. And just about everybody, myself and Lionel Richie and Tom, whoever else, grew up with us. The Lionel person, Richie grew up with you. Uh, everybody grew, grew up. We went to the same <laughs> wow. hospital right there. So all of us, we had something in us. And that's a lot of times um, how people see themselves is the way other people see them. And so we all were taught really that we weren't missing anything. So I wasn't eager to integrate because we had everything. And we were taught things that that normally most of the people who finished elementary school with me went away to boarding schools in the north and so forth. I had to stay uh, there at Tuskegee High School because dad said he didn't have that kind of money. Mm-hmm. And so I stayed there. And so, but growing up there was a real experience, but what it did, it worked on my esteem, mm-hmm. which is, I think, you know, 80, 70, 80% of what somebody can do and perform and, and how they can see themselves. So that was the, the foundation of it. I finished undergrad at Tuskegee and ended up going to ROCC and flying fighters. Mm-hmm. And that was the background of that.
3: Wow. And, and you talk a lot about your military service, and we we certainly honor and thank you for your service to this great country. I'm really intrigued to know, especially knowing the kind of man that you are, how was that experience, being in the military at such an interesting time and, and fighting and, and flying fighter uh, as a fire pilot. There's
4: a couple of things about that. One is that it, what it did, it pulled... On a potential in me that I never knew I had. And the word potential means hidden abilities. And what happens is people don't want to make a step because they don't think they'll succeed or whatever have you, but not knowing of what has been placed in them. Every one of us has a gift. I don't care who you are, what country you are, you've got a gift. And a gift will make room for you. The Bible didn't say your education would. It says your gift would. It'll make room for you and bring before great men. Not down on education. But what I did is, is I had to fly and and compete, and that's where you go to pilot training, where I went in uh, San Antonio, Texas, at Randolph Air Force Base, but when I got there, I had 39 other students in the classes coming from universities, and um, we had to learn progressively that we could do things that we never thought we could do, and you started at a little light airplane that had a propeller, and you progress right on up into the supersonic jets and then you got your assignment and i ended up going to war and and so forth and so on and a lot of people don't know it but i wrote the op-ed on this that you can go and be in the military and fight a war without hating Hmm. They, they think you have to hate to be on the other side but you don't and um that it was a military experience that i had and i have been trained there in leadership and leading a flight, and so forth. Now, that means you've got to be making decisions on the split second, and and you just uh, have to develop some leadership qualities that, that I didn't even know I had in me, so I wrote that book on spirit of leadership. What was the name of it? The name is Spirit of Leadership. Okay. Mm-hmm. That, that uh, everybody's a leader, first of all, and that all leadership is spiritual. So as I developed that, it really taught me how to lead. So when I came out of the military and went to work for IBM Then I was in a training for a year in each one of those classes at four schools I had to go to. And three of those schools, they didn't even know me, but they wanted me to be the president of the class and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, I didn't choose this. I didn't. They come from all kinds of schools, Ivy League universities and so forth. But I think leadership qualities can be detected. I think people can sense them and so forth. It's interesting how the Bible says the blind leaders are the blind, meaning that they have no vision. And I think one of the real qualities of it is vision. Booker T. Washington had vision. George Washington Carver had vision. And because of it, they could lead people and expand and so forth and so on. So Tuskegee the growing up there, the legacy of that, I think part of that Booker T. Washington legacy of educating people and so forth and teaching, I think that's still on me right now.
3: You know, you mentioned something which I think uh, shows great parallels to where we are today when you talked about you uh, being in the military and you you fighting against the enemy, but Mm -hmm. yet still not hating someone. And now we're in an environment of our politics where is you're a Democrat, you're a Republican, you're an independent, yep. you're a progressive, you're a libertarian, and everybody's fighting against each other. Everybody's hating each other. You look at social media and you see nothing but hateful comments coming on all sides. Can you go into why you think that is?
4: Well, I think that's part of the results of Adam and Eve's fall in the garden. I think that they, uh, they got into selfishness. And I think many times hate is rooted in fear and selfishness and love is just the opposite. It's a product of faith. And so I remember when I was in IBM and I was now turning the corner and kind of doing well in my sales and computers and my boss called me in boss's boss who happened to be African-American. He was, he was uh, trained by, in the chairman's office, and at that time he had two branch managers in the United States, and, and one was out on the West Coast and one was in Chicago, which was my boss's boss. And he called me and hey, Billy, why don't you come on in? Let's see uh, what you do, how you're doing on your uh, accounts. So I came and started talking to him, and then I was talking to him about my accounts, and, and I said, now this account, this CEO here, I think he's kind of an idiot. And he's so forth. He said, wait, 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 wait a minute. Don't say that. I said, sir. He said, don't ever do that. I said, what? He said, call him a name like that. I said, well, you know, we're behind closed doors and so forth. He said, no, no. If you call him that long enough, you'll believe it. Mm. And if you believe it, you'll treat him like that. And IBM does not treat its customers like that. I never forgot that. You see, you can be on the opposite side and not hate. Because hate takes you to a whole nother level, and there's fruit to hate. There's a fruit to actually doing that to your neighbor. And the op-ed I just read and and sent over to you, it's on this thing called the man who went from his, this good Samaritan. He went mm-hmm. from his place, and next thing you know, he fell into some need, and, and three religious, two religious people passed by him. And... And then one man who was a Samaritan who was rejected, he came by and and he bandaged up his wounds, so forth and so on. And Jesus said, well, who was neighbor to this man? And and so I'm just saying that he was teaching me a lesson about how to treat people, because part of what drives hate is people feeling that they have been uh, put down, they're, for some reason, disdained. Some of the words, Kim has the words for wise. it, but yeah, yeah, and and they, they they get like that. And you, who is it, Will Rogers says he never looks down on a person or something like that, or Booker T. Washington says he never looks down on a man without picking him up, and um that whole thing. But I learned that, and I learned to treat my marketing reps like that when I got into management, and and learned to treat people like that. And next thing you know, I'm in the the ministry, and you've got to look at people as in accordance to what God says they can be, and not so much of how they're performing right now, because many times they don't come up to your, you know, professional standard, but you've got to teach them. And so that's, that's my piece that I learned. That was a heavy piece. Now, understand, all of this is scriptural because it says, faith worketh by love. Now I, I, didn't, I don't think my boss's boss went invested too much in the scriptures, but, but the company taught those principles because it knew that every seed sown, there's a harvest to it, and that if you say that long enough, then the harvest of that will come forth and your actions towards that customer or client. Next thing you know, IBM will get the business or lose the business and so forth like that. So it's that, that's thats what I learned from that. But hatred, this thing is going around today and it's almost like a, almost like a plague. And uh, what really happened, is. yeah.
3: Pastor Winston, I 100% agree with you. We're going to continue that point in a moment, but first, here's a quick word from our sponsor.
0: If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up and call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com.
1: Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Tired of restless nights? Meet Lisa, the sleep expert. and select goods. That's L-E-E-S-A forward slash iHeart. Exclusions apply. See Lisa.com for more details.
3: It's almost hard to look at the news. It's hard to look at social media. All of that. There's so much division, and it's like people are living in different realities. It's like, okay, this is right. Well, no, I think this is right. And it's hard to come together and unite. <laughs> That's because they're not living by faith. See, when you when you get over into faith, which is what I
4: teach... Then it's amazing how you can see the unseen. You you can you can operate in a way that in, that that would cause you to see things as they should be, and not so much as as they are. Let let me, let me give you an example. The Bible even talks about if a person, now we're talking faith now, it talks about in Hebrews chapter twelve. It talks about that if I go around somebody and and are bitter about something, that they can talk about it to me long enough that I'll eat the fruit of their bitterness, if if I'm not protected now, if I'm not aware of what's going on, that I could eat the fruit of their bitterness and many be defiled. Let me give you a case in point. This is faith talk now. This is in the marketplace. This is at IBM. So I'm coming up for promotion, So. What happened? Some guys from headquarters come down, some some of the top execs, they come down because they want to see me. And so there's a presentation at the branch office. I've got a portion of that presentation, so I'm going to give a presentation. Okay, my part. Well, that night before the presentation, I stopped by a friend's house. Well, he's been mistreated, and he's been mistreated as a member of uh, another race. So he said, you know, those people that blah 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 are blah, blah. mistreated. They're prejudiced. They're this and that. So I, I sit there and just get a just get a dose of it, you know. Mm-hmm. So I go home and sleep on it. Now it's growing inside of me, see, and that's why the scriptures tell us take heed what you hear. I don't hear too much of that news because because when it starts coming off wrong, I've, I've, I'm not. I don't. I just can't eat it. So what happens is. I got up the next morning, going to the presentation. So one of the bosses gave their, pre- one of the managers gave their presentation. Another one gave his. Now it's my turn. I come up to give my part of the presentation. The branch manager's looking over all of us. And I didn't know it, but it was a setup. They were coming down to our branch office to see me because I think they were going to take me back up to headquarters for the next promotion. Well, I started preaching. Well, um, now this bitterness is starting to come out. And one of the, the execs said, let me ask you, Bill, on on this right here. It's over. I said, well, look at it. You can see it right now. I mean, it's plain as day. I, I put it right, I've said this before. You know, just nasty. Well, they left. Once they left, my boss came in my office. He, I won't use the language he used. What did you do? I said, well, I was going through the pre- He said, Bill, where did that attitude come from? What, what, what is, what's happening to you? I said, well, you know, this friend of mine told me about my friend of mine.
3: Isn't that something? So you're so saying the, I, I, the, go friend ahead. Is, the friend planted the seed and it began to take Harvest. You, in you and you began to just that quick in a particular way, just by, based on who you are, around."
4: There you go. So you wow. can stop a whole race that way. A you whole can stop race. An entire race. A race that way. They did it in the wilderness.
3: You know what's interesting uh, on that point in terms of you can stop a whole race? And I want to kind of tell you something that you may not even realize. Okay. So I grew up in the church, went to a bunch of different churches. My grandmother was, or still is, a, a minister, a pastor, and we went yep. to a lot of churches that weren't really teaching the word in that way. It was yeah. kind of emotional. It, was, mm-hmm. it wasn't it was rooted in truth. Yep. So I thought, Growing up, being black was a disadvantage. I -hmm. thought that I wouldn't be able to do certain things because I was black. And Then I went to your church Mm -hmm. and I began to hear things that you would say and you would say, it's not up to the government to take care of you. Don't depend on the government to take care of you. No, you would tell you would say things like it doesn't matter what color you are. You can be successful. You begin to put thoughts into my head that I had never heard before. Never heard before. And a lot of times in the communities that I grew up in, that was what they taught. They taught that you weren't going to be successful because you were black you, or you would be marginally successful. You would, maybe you become the manager of the company versus being the owner of the company. No, nope. spoke a different word with regards to that. And honestly – And I'm going to say this, I know you're not political and you don't Mm -hmm. get political and all that. Part of the reason I'm conservative is because of the messages in which you taught on a regular and consistent basis. they were about self-empowerment and allowing faith in God to take you to that next level. And I'll be honest, I wouldn't be here right now talking to you if it wasn't for those messages. How did that come about in your life? Because I'm hearing echoes of childhood and and growing Uh, up.
4: We were just brought up in a place where we never saw ourselves as the underdogs never ever i never thought that i i i i didn't have any reason to integrate <laughs> for what <laughs> you know i mean th- we had it we we were i mean you know i mean uh, they, they were all a big community and Dr. Kenny, who was a general practitioner, he taught me tennis, and, and, and I had over here, my brother went on the campus. He graduated, finished high school in three years. He went up on the campus after every day, Monday through Friday, to draw um, and be trained by Mr. Love in architecture, and he went on to Howard uh, in architectural engineering and finished in master's. And so, I mean, we, we, didn't, we didn't need it. The, 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 the thing, when I put that in me, I found out that no one can stop me from reaching my destiny but me. That's what I found out. No one can stop me from reaching my destiny but me. And when you look back at it, people say, well, you know, God is running the world and so what? No, he's not. He's not running the world. God is running the church. <laughs> the church should be running the world. And when you get people kind of just just a little bit of adjustment in their thinking, all of a sudden, they're not so quick to blame. I went one time, well, I can just tell you a lot of stories, but we we bought our first shopping mall. Well, they... They, first of all they didn't want us to buy it because pretty much predominantly now we're a mixed community in our church but predominantly African American they didn't want us to buy it it's 33 acres and that's and, the one in forest
3: park and, illinois right yeah
4: that forest park illinois yeah. right on the western edge of chicago city limit and so what happened was that was they tried to first stop that Well, they couldn't stop it why because, you know, people told me, well, a pastor, you're going to have a tough time. And they they really, you know, don't particularly want you to buy that and so forth. I said, so what? What difference does it make? And then when we got them all, we were going to build in that 33 acres our auditorium for a church. And so here we are, and we're going to build it. Uh, we got, we've just bought it. Now we're going to have services in it. In an area that was a big box store, like a big home lumber depot, and so we we had cleaned it up and going to have services there, and they made an ordinance with the city council that we could not have services there. Well, what happened? I said, "Okay, God, what do I do?" So I he said, "Go to bed early and wake up early and pray." And I did. And he said, "Just go read the mayor." romans chapter 13 and and read one through, verses one through seven i said okay so i did i went there and the mayor jumped up in the middle of that and said reverend i don't know i i we, we voted that you can't have services in there but maybe i can do something about that the whole thing turned around but notice what i didn't do if i had eaten those bitter fruit again if i had come up again and, and I asked one of the, the people on my board, I said, what do I do? He's a lawyer. He said, sue him, pastor. I said, okay, how long will that take? He said, no, it could take about five years. I said, five years? i got to be in there tomorrow night. I said, no, think of something else. I asked the person in construction on the board. I said, what do I do? He said, you, there's another place up, up north I can build it out, and we could have services there. I said, that's not what God told me. He told me to have services right here on these 33 acres that we have purchased well what happened I'm just saying through faith and love turned it right around mm. and that's an example
3: of it and that's happened to me all the way through Pastor Winston that is so interesting and I know that people want to hear more let's pick that up right after we come back after
6: break slash iHeart.
2: the biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival presented by Capital One iHeart Country Jason Aldean Keith Urban love, Jelly Roll Old Dominion yeah. Lady yeah. A Riley Green Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu, starting at eight PM Eastern, five Pacific.
3: This is I think something that's particularly of interest to me. Because I know, you know, for my listenership, we have Folks of all faiths that, that listen to, the, to this podcast on a weekly sure. basis. I'm so sure. thankful for that. And I've expressed my faith on uh, many occasions, especially through my book, Taken for Granted, where I talk about you specifically sure. and, and being led by God to do particular things. Yep. Now, I want to know from you, what role do you think uh, faith should be taking now in this environment? Because oh, there's yeah. a lot of people who are lacking faith. Yep a lot of folks are just plainly hopeless as to, as to what to do next. And I'm, and I'm going to be honest with you. I've had moments where I felt like I wasn't properly aligned. I've been thinking about this a lot lately and I've not talked Mm -hmm. to you about this, but you know, I've been thinking, man, I, I had all this success. I've worked hard and and God has blessed me and favored me to be where I am. I'm not married yet. And Mm -hmm. you know, all these things that, uh, that I really want in life. And I've even sent you, you know, text messages like, Hey, I'm, I'm seeing this young lady, you know, yep. check out her, her picture, et cetera. And you always tell me to, you know, just pump your brakes and just hear God and just move forward in that direction. So I'm, I'm intrigued to know for a lot of people who are listening of different faiths, what would you tell them your, your religious beliefs, and I know you're not really okay. one to talk about religious beliefs, and you believe religion comes from the Greek word religio, which translates back to bondage, but your theology, your views yep. on what yep. role religion should play in today's world.
4: Well, here's, here's what can happen. If you ever learn about faith, one, what it is, how it comes, and what it can do. If you ever learn that. It'll give you all the comfort in any situation that you'll ever be in. It, it, it doesn't make any difference. Because if you learn to see faith as a servant of the believer, you can have your faith do things and work for you while you're asleep. And faith will be working it out. Faith literally connects you with God's ability. Literally and once that happens, God goes to work for you. Now, you're not making God do something, but God is fulfilling a promise. So every promise of God in the Bible takes faith to energize it, to faith to give it the power to bring itself to pass. And, and so once you learn this and see how Jesus cursed the fig tree, and while he was asleep, the fig tree withered away, how Jesus stopped the storm, and I'm saying one thing after another. Everything he did, he did as a what I call a sample son, showing you and me how we can do that. I got my wife by faith, mm-hmm. and you're going to have to get yours by faith. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's 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 the best way to do it because now I got I've got God in it. Mm-hmm. I've got God in it, and and what God promised, He is watching over to make it good. And I'm saying, all right, let's take a job, for example. Somebody says, well, you know, things are down, jobs are scarce, so forth. All right, here's my wife. When I was down in, in, in um, seminary, and, 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 uh, and now I'm in seminary and going full-time, and we need a, someone working in the house. My wife said, yeah, I went to some, around to some of these uh, employment agencies, but they said, there are no jobs. Hmm. Everybody's getting laid off. So what does she do? She comes back and we go in the Bible because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And we come in the Bible and find a promise that says, My God shall supply all your need. Now, notice what she's doing now. We're about to apply faith. So she begins to take that and do what it says because the Bible is a success book. So she begins to take that. Watch this. And begin to take all the related scriptures and put them on three by five cards and paste them all over the house. Why? Because the Bible says, keep the word in your eyes, in your ears, in your mouth, and in your heart. So she's pasting them. I go to the refrigerator, redeemed from the curse. I go to the bathroom. I mean, it's one on the top of the toilet, but she's continuing to say it because we have no idea how much we are ruled by our confession.
3: Mm. What so just the words we say. So even That's when it. you're when you're joking and you say, "Oh man, uh, I'm dead," because you're laughing, people say that and they say, "Oh man, you it, make me it, sick." And then all of a sudden you're it, sick and you're You you, you know, got you've got to watch out. that because what where you are now
4: normally is a result of what you thought and what you've spoken. That if, if, if we've been designed to live like God, I mean to operate like our Father. And the way he got things done is spoken words. Ninety percent, 99 percent of what Jesus did, he did with words. Mm -hmm. Okay. now, so what did she do? She began to confess it. Long story short, a friend of mine came over to the house and in my classmate. He said, hey, Bill, uh, no, Veronica, is Bill in the house? Yeah, he's in the house. Oh, by the way, you got your job yet? I was going to listen to see what she said. She said, I sure do. Now, this is faith now. Faith calls things that be not.
3: As though they were.
4: As though they were. That's what it does. That's the difference. Now, when you say that around certain people, they say, oh, now wait a minute. And this is what he said. Well, where is it? She said, well, I don't know exactly where it is, but I got it. Mm. He said, oh, okay. Now, notice, people think you're a little cuckoo. Why? <laughs> Why? Because you said that. <laughs> but, but if you look at it, notice how you get the temperature in a room to rise. You take the thermostat and turn it to the temperature you want, and then it happens.
1: <laughs> Same
4: thing about your tongue. Take your tongue, take it to the place you want it, and then everything will rise to meet that place. You follow uh, what I'm saying?
3: I do, and I have a perfect example for that. It's something that I learned at your church. You, you invited a speaker. Uh, his name was Farrah Gray for okay. a finance conference, and right. he, he's somebody that's uh, out here now. He's still doing pretty well. Good. And before you brought the speaker in, you were teaching on Joshua 1 and 3, every place of the soul of your foot, shall so tread upon that have I given unto you. Yeah. And at that time, I was about 18 years old, I think. And you kept teaching on it every Sunday, every Sunday, and it began to take root in my heart. So okay. now I had a desire for real estate, but how am I going to get involved in real estate when I'm living at home and, you know, <laughs> having much money? I was yeah. working for the federal government at that time, part time. I was saving money, but... You know, I'm still working. So it's a big mindset to have. And I think that's incredibly important when you're talking about shifting your mindset and really how to really save a lot of people in these marginalized communities. They have to be taught something. That is correct. Something they have to hear it over and over again. So I'm going to your church and I go to this conference and I I go to sit at this. Well, at this point, actually, I'm going to the conference and the freeway traffic was bad going to Chicago, but I kept feeling led to go. I thought I was going to be late or miss it or something. So I ended up going and I get out and people are waiting outside because they couldn't get in. It wasn't yet open. So I'm like, wow, OK, maybe that was deception trying to keep me from going. So I ended up they opened the doors. I went in the bathroom and I came out and it seemed like they were putting people back out because they were let in too early. So anyway, I meet this gentleman, older African-American gentleman with his son, and he goes up to the door, seemed like an important guy because they say, how many people do you have? I said just me and my son. And I walk up and I say, can I be your son? He says, yeah, me and my two sons. So we go in there's tables in the auditorium, et cetera. And I'm sitting down at the table and, and I'm talking to the gentleman and he said, so what do you do? And I'm a young man, I'm 18 years old. I said, well, I work for the federal government, et cetera. I said, what do you do? He said, well, I'm a real estate investor. I said, really? Wow. How did you get into that? And he said, well, at first I was a janitor and my boss was talking about real estate, et cetera, et cetera. I got some training and now I'm a multimillionaire. So I'm like, what, how's that even possible? And oftentimes you'll say, hey, even in the kingdom of God, a janitor can become a a millionaire. Have a jet, have a jet, jet." that's what you said. So everyone seemingly was coming, that was coming into it. They were hearing our conversation about real estate and they started coming around the table and sitting with us. So I collected everyone's information. I kept meditating on the scripture. And all of a sudden I call up this realtor that I met that night and I sit down with her and we're talking about real estate. So she's like, well, I need to check your credit, et cetera. So she checks my credit and she says, well, your credit came back a zero. And I said, how is that even possible? I thought it was like as low as a 400 or something. She said, that just means you haven't developed any credit yet. So I say, okay. And I'm about to demonstrate this point really quickly on faith. So people can really, really understand it and take it home. I talk about it in my book, take it for granted. If you want to know more, I put the scripture in it, et cetera. So I'm saying, how is it a zero? She said, well, you got to develop your credit. So I said, OK, well, now that I've been listening to Pastor Winston, I know I need to go get a scripture and build faith for it. So somehow I meet somebody at work and they had a, a list of scriptures and they said, hey, this is the scripture that I use for my house. And I said, wow, no credit. She said her, for her credit. I said, OK, wow, let me take this. So I started confessing it every day, applying it to myself. And all of a sudden I had these ideas of what to do with this one credit card that I had. I began to use it. And pay it off immediately. Use it, pay it off immediately. My credit in one month time became a seven thirty from a zero to a seven thirty. And I know people are listening, like, "Wow, how's that even possible?"
4: you were working the system, huh?
3: <laughs> I was working the system, but <laughs> I want people to understand the practical yeah, Way well, you can do it. I, I, the practical. So it was. I, I was led to do something, an action. I had to take a step. Faith without works is dead. I had to take a step, and that step, in and it of itself. I began to use this credit card, pay it off multiple times a week. I was actually doing this. The credit card company noticed this. They raised my credit limit by a lot, and then my credit shot up. That's how it happened, but it still took some direction by God to make this happen. And I want people to understand how practical this is, because oftentimes when we talk about faith, people think of it as kind of like, oh, spooky and ghost and how did this happen but there's a practical measure to it i remember you talking about how you can plant a seed and god will bless you with a promotion on your job never thought about that like how it can happen anyway
4: see people have separated god from work (laughs) they they have they've taken and said well i go to sunday i go to church on sunday and the rest of the week i leave god in church (laughs) I'm, i'm out here working and that's not the hebrew concept
3: I want to give a special thanks to Dr. Bill Winston for the first half of our amazing interview. And be sure to tune into part two of this great conversation. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and rate us with five stars on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast. If you have any questions for me, please email me at outloud at gingrich360.com. Again, that's outloud at gingrich360.com, and I'll try to answer them in our future episodes. You can also find me on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Parlor. That's at Gianno Caldwell, G-I-A-N-N-O, Caldwell, last name C-A-L-D-W-E-L-L. And if you're interested in learning more about my story and personal narrative, please pick up a copy of my best-selling book titled Taken for Granted, How Conservatism Can when back to the Americans that liberalism failed. Very special thank you to our producer Stephen Calabria, researcher Aaron Klingman, and executive producer Debbie Myers, and of course, speaker New Gingrich, part of the Gingrich 360 Network. Part of
4: the Gingrich 360 Network.
2: The biggest stars in country music will be taking the stage at our 2024 iHeart Country Festival presented by Capital One. iHeart Country. Jason Aldean. Keith Urban. Yeah. Jelly Roll. Old Dominion, Lady A, Riley Green, Ashley McBride, Brothers Osborne, Walker Hayes. All hosted by Bobby Bones at Austin's Moody Center. Saturday, May 4th. Stream only on Hulu. Starting at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific.